Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome to another episode of This Week in Production. I am your host, Art Aldridge, and on this episode, I have a special guest. But before I get to the special guest, I want to talk about travel. I think it's safe to say that I travel a lot by plane. I also travel with a lot of gear. And to top it off, I travel with a lot of gear by plane, which is my least favorite activity right now. When I first started in the production business, it was fairly simple to travel with gear. You put everything except the camera in these big, heavy anvil road cases. The camera went in a quarter brace bag that you could carry over your shoulder. You walked onto the plane and you put it in the overhead bin. No one really cared what was being checked, how much it weighed, or in reality, where it was going, because it was a crapshoot whether your stuff would get there on the other side but today flying with gear is a whole different game and it's not a fun game to play what brought us to this point where traveling with gear is a whole chaotic experience well it was a perfect storm first you had the terrorists trying to blow us up which caused the tsa to be formed and then everyone's looking in our bags and asking a lot of questions about what you're bringing with you on the plane Then we had a big spike in jet fuel, which made the airlines very aware of how much weight was being loaded onto the planes and flying around. But the piece de resistance in this perfect storm was the literal explosion of lithium-ion batteries. If you're not aware, which I find hard to believe, most batteries now are made from some lithium compound. This is everything from mobile devices like phones, iPads, to uh, scooters and vaping pens. They're all using lithium batteries. Lithium batteries have a lot of great features. The problem is that some lithium batteries are not designed well and they become volatile. If you do a quick YouTube search for a lithium battery explosion, you'll see what I'm talking about. And of course, there's been some incidents on airplanes that have brought the planes down because something in the cargo hold made from a lithium battery, caught fire. So the FAA has decided that lithium batteries are not safe in cargo holds of planes. That means no batteries in checked bags. And that's the part that has completely changed the way I travel to and from jobs with gear. Now I have a whole formula, like a spreadsheet, on how many batteries I need to bring versus how many crew are flying with me to carry bags. And then I divide that by how many cases need to be carry-ons. And then I start repacking gear to accommodate this number. It sucks. And if you've traveled with gear, you know that that's the truth. You might say, Art, why do you need to bring your batteries with you on planes? Well, If you've ever rented batteries on a regular basis, you know that about a third of the batteries you get from the rental house are not going to work right. They're going to either die sooner than you want or they won't work at all. And that means that you either have to rent a third more batteries than you need or you need a really good prayer. And I honestly don't like either option. So for me, I choose to travel with my own batteries. 
In fact, shortly after this whole thing started with the planes and the batteries, I decided to buy a sprinter van and just truck my gear to jobs across the country. It's honestly much easier. The only exception right now for me is when the job is on the West Coast because the drive is just a little too long. Hurry up, Elon. Let's get that Tesla delivery van ready because I'm your first buyer. I was curious why these batteries are causing so much concern. So I reached out to the TSA and they got back to me and said, you need to talk to the FAA. It's their policy. I reached out to the FAA and they basically ignored my request for an interview. So I reached out to an expert in the field of batteries, Mr. Nigel Gardner. Nigel is one of the founders of PAG Batteries and he spoke to me from the UK via telephone. Take a listen. Nigel, just give us a little introduction, a little background on yourself, if you don't mind. My name is Nigel Gardiner. I'm the sales director and part owner of PAG Limited, the UK company manufacturing batteries. Um, I've been at PAG for 48 years. Um, I was young when I started. Um, but there we go. Um, we've been manufacturing batteries actually since 1968, um, through the days of the NICADs, um, through the days of the nickel metal hydrides, and now into the lithium ions. I didn't realize that you were uh, one of the founders of the company. Now, you've obviously seen a lot of change in, in the makeup, the chemical makeup of batteries. And since you've been in the business for such a while, um, the battery technology has changed, and can you just give us a little overview, maybe, you know, the chemical makeup, not too technical, but, you know, where it's been and where we are now and, and what's different about the, the chemicals? I go back to the, the NICAD times, nickel cadmium, which had its problems, but um, was a good, solid battery, um, high discharge, um, heavy um, then that moved on because of the um, the dirty materials, let's say. Um, we moved into nickel metal hydride. Uh, the cadmium was obviously a heavy metal and therefore was being a pollutant. We then moved into nickel metal hydride, which was going to be the next answer. That really didn't do that well. And then finally we, we moved into lithium iron. Lithium ions attributes are that um, you get a much greater energy density. If we look at uh, a nominal um, 12 volt battery um, that would have been uh, about 60, 60 watt hours, you'd be looking at probably uh, two and a half, three pounds. And now we're looking at a battery which is can be nearly three times that but it's only about a pound and a quarter um, and the size is probably about a third in in volume so that's the advantages we've we've seen of going from the early days of nickel cadmium to um, nickel metal hydride the the downside is that lithium iron has to have a lot more control in it in the old days you could just stick 
10 cells together. Anybody virtually could do this. And you'd get a, a nominal 14-volt battery, um, and it'd be fine. Um, you cannot do that with lithium-ion. It has to be much more control um, lithium-ion. You must control the charge termination, and you must control the discharge termination. But the batteries are, are longer running and lighter, which is obviously a big advantage for production. Um, the downside, it sounds like, is that there's more thought required to how you charge them and discharge them. That's right. And, and in general terms, um, because of the electronics, um, they are more complex or should be, let's say they should be more complex um, because the, if, if a NICAD um, cell leaked um, because it was overstressed, the, you, you got potassium hydroxide, which is a, um, not a nice material, but it wasn't flammable. It's, it, would, it would eat a hole in aluminium, but that's about as worse as it gets. Not something you really want, but that's about as worse as it gets. Whereas what you have with lithium iron, you have an electrolyte, which is flammable. So that the, the job of the electronics is to control the charge and discharge because you don't want to overstress themselves because the last thing you want in an electric pack is to have a flammable liquid because the two going together would be disastrous. And I think that's where the, at least in the US, that's where the ban on flying with these batteries in cargo started. There was a problem. Yeah, because you have no you have no control. You see, if you have a bat, if you have a battery in your suitcase, and it's with another, you know, three or four hundred suitcases, you, you how can you control this? Exactly, exactly. And and so in the U.S. now, and I don't know if this is in the U.K. or not, but from the people, who this is worldwide. worldwide. This is worldwide, and we can talk a little bit more of that a little later on. But it is a worldwide problem. For me, as a as a producer uh, in the U.S., trying to get, you know, what I used to do with the old um, NiCad or nickel, you know, metal hydrate batteries, is I, I would check, yeah. literally check a steamer trunk full of batteries, and there'd be no yeah. issue. You'd get to your site, and you'd have battery power. Now, yeah, with the right. with the ban on the batteries in in checked luggage, I have to either I have to rent batteries where I am shooting, which sometimes is problematic because we don't always get good quality batteries from the rental house. Or, it's not the devil you know then, is it? It's not the devil you know because if it's yours, you know the state of each one of them. But depending on the, the, the rental company and what they've got, you, you're, you don't know what you've got until you've started to use it. Exactly. We actually have to budget 30% more batteries if we're getting them from a rental house because we know that about 25% of them are going to be bad. So now when I fly, I have to allocate battery batteries in my carry-on bags, which also then affects, you know, my lenses and other things that would normally go carry-on. So it's it's a big deal for for my production. But in terms of understanding just like because batteries are everywhere now. I mean they're in every every device. And I don't know if they're all lithium or, or not. And I think it's important to know what batteries are in your devices. Well I would have said 99% of them are going to be lithium batteries. 
um, there are various types of batteries. It, you know, I mean, your phone has a lithium polymer battery, which is a plastic type of battery. But it's, it, 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 again, it's suitable for, for your phones and those type of things because it's a flexible medium and you can make it to what size you want it to do. But you're not going to get high power from that. So, you, you know, for, for our use, for, for broadcast, for film use, you're using cells, you know, and these are equivalent to about the size of a AA or an AA cell. That's what they are. And depending on the number you put in depends on the runtime and, and the power you can get out. Now, you said something before that, that was interesting to me. Um, it, it sounds to me, and you correct me if I'm wrong, that it's almost as important in the way that you charge and discharge the battery than it is the battery construction. Yeah, it is the battery construction, and there are limitations. Um, there are only you know, what we would call three manufacturers of cells in the world. Um, and for, for us to use and any reputable manufacturer, the first thing you have to do is to get permission from the cell manufacturer to actually use these in your device. You cannot just um, say to... Uh, you know, cell manufacturer A, I want 5,000 cells. He's not going to sell them to you. He wants to know what you're going to do with them, how you're going to put them together, because it's, it's on the manufacturing, how you lay uh, the cells out, how you construct them together. These are the, the, the things, because they don't want their name in your battery catching fire. Exactly. It's probably, I don't know if it's come to it, but it's probably a litigation issue, a potential litigation issue for the, uh, the manufacturer of, of all the yeah, parts. Yeah, because it's the, old, it's the old deepest pocket pays, isn't it? You know, I mean, you know, if they don't get it from you, then they'll go to the people that you're using. So I've purchased some gear from China that has shipped with batteries and you know they come with these little wall charges and and i've i've not had it myself but i've seen especially with like radio controlled cars and even some like little gimbal parts the batteries catch fire when you charge them yeah and if absolutely. you're not if you're not watching like you know i don't leave those batteries unsupervised when i charge you know art that let me just let me interrupt you it's the problem is any battery that you buy should have been tested by an independent authority to meet the United Nations regulations for lithium-ion battery. All right, it has to be independent, and part of those regulations are the distance between a positive and negative has to be um, like over 10 mil it's about a half an inch or something apart so that a little droplet cannot drop between the two. You see, your positive and negative should be as far as apart as possible as you can make. But I'm afraid, you know, not everyone adheres to these standards because they're not necessarily tested. It's very difficult to say, 
whether a battery is good or not, whether it meets these regulations for transportation. But you should try to get hold of the test certificate and the test procedures that that battery pack that you have purchased um, meets all those regulations. Now, is that is that something that uh, PAG publishes on their website? You can you can download um, the test report and the test certificate for any battery that we manufacture. Let's see that. I didn't know that, and that's certainly a good tip. Yeah, we're paranoid. Um, the fact is that I don't want, on my conscience, and, and my other partners don't want on their conscience, that we've done something which has resulted in some sort of disaster. So we go every way we can to meet the regulations and actually go a bit further than that. Typical British type of thing, you know, I mean, wherever you set the bar, we set the bar higher than that, you know? I respect that philosophy. And, and as part of the problem for me, because I, I talk to other other camera people, other producers, you know, you can get away with putting a battery in checked luggage. They don't always catch oh, them. Absolutely. And but absolutely. the but the but the problem is I don't want to be on a plane that where I've put all my batteries in carry on, but you slipped a few because you think you're getting away with something into your checked luggage and that plane goes down because you know you tried to uh, circumvent the rules, so I, I respect that that philosophy and you know your design work, and I certainly try to hold myself to the you know the standards for safety with batteries. But a lot of people don't, and I don't think I think it's because they don't understand the danger, and that's no because it you see we don't respect you know I mean we only make batteries and chargers, um, and we know. Um, <laughs> It's like a lot of things. You should respect it. It's not just a black box with a load of cells inside. You know, its potential is not... It's like everything. There's good and bad, isn't there? Everything has, you know... Um, but the, the bad side of it is, and so you, you, you should respect it. Oh, but it's only a battery. It doesn't matter. You know, unfortunately, you should matter, and you should care about it, because it has a potential which is not very good. In terms of designing your batteries, obviously you're designing batteries to be safe. I mean, like where, what's the roadmap? I mean, I don't know what you can share, but like how far out are you looking at new battery technologies? I mean, does it get better? Is there something coming down the road that's better than what we have now? What tends to happen is, and what's happened in the last, you know, 10 years probably, you get, you're getting more energy from the same size. You know, we can, um, we do a, like a, a 94 watt hour battery, but in the same case, we can get a 150 watt hour battery um, because there are, you know, they've improved the technology on the cells themselves. The problem that we have with new, new technology, different couples, different things, is that we're on the we're at the bottom end of that technology because um, the demand for batteries for film television industry is a drop in the ocean, and we have to wait. Um, the, any technology will go into vehicles, go into storage, mass things where they're going to use, you know, billions of cells. 
So we then have to, it's, it's like getting the crumbs from the table. And so we, we will be there ready for any technology that comes, but we cannot look at, it, at anything because we have to wait until it becomes available for us to even experiment with. So, and you're not going to get that. Right. So a company like Tesla, who's probably out, you know, testing lots of new battery compounds is, yep. is going to be the you're first to first to sort of groundbreak the technology. And then it's going to trickle down to all the other industries. Absolutely. The chances of getting that technology onto a film camera or, or to a, a, a TV camera, you know, we're right at the back of the queue. And so we, we have to carry on with what we can get as best as we can. You know, we always keep an eye on what's around, but, you know, we look at it and it comes and goes, it comes and goes. Um, so let's concentrate on what we can do rather than uh, the things that we can't do. And you've done some things in your design. I, I use uh, PAG batteries, and that really has nothing to do with why we're talking, but I do like some of the things that you've done to to enhance your batteries beyond just the cell technology, like putting the stackable, uh, you know, brackets on the, on the battery so I can run three, four, five batteries at a clip on, on one mount. You can't just, as far as we're concerned, just put cells in a black box because everybody can do that with the advent of some of these bigger cameras. You need more power. And... Uh, a nominal 100 watt hour battery wasn't big enough to run the battery. So how do you make a bigger one? You can't ship a big one. Well, you know, you can't ship a very big one. So how do you make a big one? Well, then the only way you can do that is to put some together. The battery itself, if you're looking at a lithium-ion battery, let's say your battery, because you could probably speak to this better than anything. So let's say I'm looking at one of your batteries. How do I, what is the sign that there may be a problem with the battery? Um, is there a physical? The, it's not really, because you, you can only see the, how it, it indicates, you know, is, is it a digital display, you know, is it charging fully to full charge? Um, you know, are you not getting the runtime that you expect? Um, you know, and 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 if that drops dramatically, then maybe you've got a sellout. But it's not going to be a problem other than you're not going to get the time that you expect to have. Like I know with some of the, like I've had drone batteries where, you know, if you have a problem with one, they get puffy. You know, they get yeah, puffy. Yeah, that's it. That's right. That's right. So is that something? The whole that... idea of no, because the whole idea. Um, is that you need that control so that you don't cause um, uh, the cell case to expand. Right. You so know, just, you, so that, that's, a, that's an that. indicator of a problem. If, if your battery is puffy, there's a problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, yeah. You know, I mean, if there's any swelling, then there's been an overstressing of the cells inside. Is there anything else you want to add to this uh, discussion, Nigel? No, I, it, it's a... It's a, it's a very difficult thing. Uh, one of the things, you know, you, you, how do you compare? Well, there's nothing to compare because ultimately and the inside is the thing you need to compare, but you can't see the inside. And it's very difficult to choose one battery over the other. Um, and we understand also that people are looking, they're price conscious. Um, and 
isn't that is a uh, you know a driver onto whether you buy A or B. Um, one of the disappointments disappointments that we have is that the airline or the authorities don't seem to make any differential between a battery that has been tested to the right standards and a battery that's not tested to the standards. And all they do is a blanket thing which says um, if your battery is under 100 watt hours, then it's um, legal to travel. They don't say it should. They don't say, "Oh, we're going to check to see if it's tested." And so that although we spend, and it probably costs us in the region of fifteen to twenty thousand dollars to do each battery type test, there's no recognition of that when you board your plane. Um, so, and, and that disturb us is the fact that not only have we spent more money in designing the product in the first place and then we spend more money to get the product tested um, against people that just put the, the 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 cheapest thing together and put it out cheaper and they could be half the price of what we're forced to sell out so that's a bit of a gripe Right. And then I, but I think that comes, that'll change with awareness. You know, if people are aware of the dangers, because I, I think you've explained it very well. And, and, and I think many people don't understand all the pieces that go into the battery and how it's made and how it's safe and Absolutely. things like that. Absolutely. So hopefully with awareness, because I certainly don't want to get on a plane with a poorly made battery and have a problem. No. So. Uh, no, absolutely, and you don't know that. No. And today, and today, we are travelling with. We've got power packs, haven't we? We've got everything. You name it. Every, you know, in in our bag, we you know, we got phone packs. We got you know, computer packs. Everything is in it. You know, and there, as we said earlier, there is so much stuff now that is being powered by batteries. Um, it's incredible and yeah. and frightening at How the same time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Nigel, I appreciate you taking some time uh, to talk to me and talk to the audience about batteries. And um, thank you very much. Pleasure. So in short, buy reputable batteries like PAG or others whenever possible. The tricky part is many times batteries come embedded in your device and you don't know where they're made. But as Nigel said, you can ask for a testing statement. But I think more importantly, the takeaway here is be responsible for your actions. Don't knowingly check lithium batteries in your luggage. And that points to the bigger problem, which I believe is awareness. I know many production people that just put lithium batteries in their check bags like it's no big deal. And I think it's because they don't understand the dangers. Don't do it. It's not safe. Just because you get away with it doesn't mean that it's a good plan. I think there's an issue with screening. I don't honestly know whether TSA screeners know how to look for batteries, how to tell if they're lithium or not. But just don't do it. You're putting my life at risk as well as yours. So I ask you, please, be responsible for your actions. Don't check your lithium-ion batteries. 
That was a lot of fun. It would be even better if you could add something to the conversation. Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on This Week in Production. Thanks for listening. <music>